Now playing Movie Reviews in 20 Qs. Hello, I'm not Johnny Cash. And welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Qs, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 and wonderful questions about it. I am joined by my vision of a Tennessee 2, because they're the only 10s that I see, one of which is Stacey. Hey Stacey, how you doing? <laughs> hey, that's one of the best intros we've had so far. I that's think. the nicest yeah. thing you've ever said about me, by far. I think hey, I didn't say it was a positive or a negative 10, so you might want to hold your breath there for a second. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that makes oh, way more sense. Oh, and then he just takes it right back. <laughs> I'm so excited. You're also another 10 I see through the magic of the computers. Hello, Liz, how are you? Uh, yeah, I am. Oh, I'm super excited, really energetic. Couldn't be happier to be here chatting to some of my besties. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, Liz. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Anywho, uh, let's get back to why we're here, which is reviewing the film Walk the Line, as you guys can tell by the name of this episode. As we've been doing recently, we sort of do flashback episodes for movies that came out maybe 10, 15, 20, 25, whatever years ago. And Walk the Line is celebrating a 15th anniversary. It's turning 15 on the 20th of November. Wow. So you might be listening to this on the day that Walk the Line has been out for 15 years. It was pretty much a choice between this and a whole bunch of other films that no one's heard of and Home Alone. and. I was I'm never going to agree to Home Alone. Not that yeah, I did like Macaulay Culkin, but I'm not really a kids movie person or a kids person. Oh. I quite like babies. Let's, let's leave it at that. Yeah, let's leave it at that. We can use that. Yeah. <laughs> Liz isn't really a kids person. No. Anyway, back to the film. Uh, as I said, it came out in 1995, has a score of 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb, has a 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Stars Joaquin Phoenix as Johnny Cash, Reese Witherspoon as June Carter, then June Carter Cash, Jennifer Goodwin as Vivian Cash, Robert Patrick as Ray Cash, and there's no one else of really any name or note in this film. Uh, has a budget of $28 million, had a cumulative worldwide gross of $186 million, or 100, nearly 187 Won a couple of Oscars. Reese Witherspoon won for lead actress, and I believe they also won for... No, they didn't. Ooh, <laughs> shit, that's right. That, no, that's, oh, I've got something to say about that later that's going to piss me off when I saw it. General plot of the film, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the life and story of Johnny Cash. That's pretty much it, right? His rise from a, um, you know, like a dude in the Air Force to basically becoming the greatest or the most popular country singer of all time. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, I know it's called a biopic. To me, it was more just a romance about that specific relationship between him and June. Like, that was really the focus from the beginning to the end. How do you know that wasn't the focus of his life? Well, I, I mean, clearly like it was. It was. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm just saying, though, that's the general plot. It shows the rise of him from nobody into Mr. Popular, into cheating on his wife, into shacking up with June Carter Cash, and that's the end of the film, really. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 Cool. We can use that. Uh, if you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do, as I mentioned, is we review a movie by asking 20 wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move into... Th- Three personal questions each before finishing on a listener question. And the one that we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, and one thing good about this film, if we're giving it a score over 5,000. Now, Stacey, I'm going to go to you first. I know you don't want to go first, but I'm giving it to you first, <laughs> because little known fact, listeners, this is the film, aside from Wizard of Oz, that Stacey has seen the most times in her life. Yeah, that's true. Wow. I've probably watched this, I don't know, at least 15 times. Which is ridiculous. That is insane. You haven't even watched, like, most movies you don't even watch twice. Exactly. Like three times. 15, this is fucking unreal. I don't know. I love it. I love this movie. Yeah, um, so, yeah, you start us off, uh, Miss Queen. Are you going to give it a hyperbole sandwich? 
I think I might because hey! I, <laughs> hey, I can't think of anything bad about Hot it, dog. to be honest. Holy <laughs> shit. I was wondering for the day we'd get a hyperbole sandwich. I think you probably would have given Wizard of Oz one if you had the chance. But let's hear it. Let's hear it. Um, well, it's just so obvious. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, Reese Witherspoon yeah. smash it out of the park. They are the, the best choice for these roles and they do an awesome job. Not only were they the best choice, they were hand-picked by Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash before they really? died. Really? Yeah, even better. That's cool. I didn't know that, and I thought they were perfect. Mm. Yeah. Um, I just find the story so emotionally gripping, which is unusual for me, but there's so many elements, so many things going on between the relationships, right from when he was a kid with his brother who died, his relationship with his father, his mother, his whole family, mm. and then going into the music industry. The relationship with Vivian, his first wife, and then obviously June throughout his whole performing career. Oh, I just loved it. I just thought it was so rich. Yeah. Is it because it's a true story? Do you think that matters? Yeah. I think it makes it better, definitely. Yeah. It yeah. was based on two of his autobiographies, which he authorised the, like the, basically the printing and mm. writing on. Which is really cool because a lot of biopic, biopics um, aren't mm. really authorised or they deviate quite a lot from from the real story. Um, and my final good thing is the music. It's awesome and it's so well woven into the story. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Some good sets in there. Mm. He's, he's always been identified as the guy that even if you aren't into country music, you still like his music. And I, I think that's a great... I mean, I don't mm. like another country and Western sort of artist at all that I can think of. I never really yeah, thought of exactly. him as even being country until you like read the blurb of the story and go, oh, yeah, I suppose he is country. But yeah, yeah, yeah. it transcends for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, as a score out of 10,000 guitars? 10,000. Go, this is hyperbole. You've <laughs> yeah, got to go, go over. more. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm going to point out the record is 1.87 billion on. guitars. <laughs> you so. can't go over 100%. Yes, you can. I'm sorry. That's the, that's the idea of hyperbole <laughs> sandwich. Fuck. <laughs> um, okay. I knew this was a disaster when you started because I was like, She's going to logically fall out of it. This is where you just go over 10,000. Where do you say, fuck the rules? Listeners, Sam was like fully face palming at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will go 20,000. Excellent. Good stuff. There we go. That's nice a good job. hyperbole sandwich. Yeah. You can just go 10,000 if you want. <laughs> oh, now he says this. God, you're full of crap. I know how hard this is for you. Yeah. Men are the okay. worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I don't make up the yeah, way. I do make up the rules. Yeah, you do. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> All right, Liz, why don't you tell us your compliment sandwich? Hi, Stacey. I shall. And in fact, <laughs> it is a compliment sandwich. I'll start out with that. Uh, Hallelujah. Yeah. My first good thing is the amazing chemistry between the leads. Like, I really mm. bought it and they had such good moments. I did um, read an article that was saying that they didn't even like each other that much at the start and their relationship kind of blossomed over the like their friendship kind of blossomed oh. over the making of the movie. But I think they transcended that so well. Like there was clearly something between them from the beginning and the way it builds and stuff, just it was so well done. My bad thing was that it was just way, way too long. Like I just couldn't stay focused. <laughs> I really feel like it could have cut out like half an hour and it would have just been, it would have been as just as, you know, meaningful and, and emotional but I could have, you know, gone to sleep half an hour earlier. <laughs> so did you watch the extended edition? I did. Yeah, same. Yeah, so, I don't think it needed both... to be extended. Yeah, uh, yeah there was just... Some a... things do need to be extended, Liz. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm surprised you even know what that is, Sam, because I wouldn't think that you'd No, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, and my final thing is June. Loved the story, loved how they sort of portrayed her sympathetically. Um, but I just think it would have been this really depressing movie if she wasn't such a key factor of it. You know, if they didn't put so much focus on her as well. Like, yeah, I, she was just great. And Reese paid it beautifully as well. Yeah, so I'm going to give this movie, I know you're going to want me to go over 9,000, Sam. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie 8,765 guitars. That's a lot of guitars. Yeah, yeah for me, that's a pretty good score. Like, it was really just, it was just too much, uh, too long. That was really the only issue I had with it. Yep, fair enough. Uh, yeah, my first good thing, you guys have already said it. It's the, like the chemistry and mm. the performances by both Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon. Like, Reese winning an Oscar for lead actress. I mean, yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Well it makes sense. Like, she is hands down my favorite part of this film. Like, she yep. carries that character and just portrays her with such, I don't know, integrity, sympathy, yet still just single mindedness, determinedness. Like, oh, yeah, just... the energy and the, the charisma. She's just yeah. beautiful and brilliant. I, I will say as well that I am not the biggest Reese Witherspoon fan. Like, I've, I've never been, like, I've always sort of been sort of a take or leave it when it came to Reese, but this performance is just outstanding for me. Mm. What about well, Legally Blonde? That... <laughs> yeah, oh, I loved that movie. I was very disappointed yeah. not to do that with you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. did enjoy it. Uh, yeah, the band thing for me, like, there isn't too many bad things in this. Like, the film is just so solidly well made that James Mangold is probably one of the most underrated um, active directors at the moment. That being said, there's quite a lot of side characters that basically just become one dimensional, have no real rhyme or reason or purpose. You know what mm. I mean? Like, it, 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 you're right. Like, it does. It becomes a love story between these two characters. Where what happens to his bands? It doesn't really get explored. Yeah, like you don't know any anything the- about the Tennessee Two, and then suddenly it turns into the Tennessee Three, and you're like, I don't even know who the third person is. Oh, yeah, exactly. June? I don't know. <laughs> Talking about that, it sort of cuts back to my next good thing, Liz. You seem seem to say that you got bored. I actually really love the editing in this film. I feel like this film keeps its pace and it never lingers too long on a like a, a completely sad note or a completely happy note. It just like it alternates between you know different feelings and emotions, and I just really love that and. Pissed off. Absolutely pissed off. Crash, which has highly been rated as one of the worst films ever win the Best Picture at the Oscars, won for Best Picture, and Crash beat this film for film editing, which I think is fucking unbelievable. Like, if there's a film that should have won for film editing, it was this one. But it's a score out of 10,000. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm up there, but I'm not up, up, up there. I'm probably like 8,892. That's a really good score. Mm. It's somewhere between a four to a four and a half star out of five for me. It's just, it's one of those films that, like, I feel like, I, like I've like i never bothered re-watching it since the first time it came out. Yeah, on the rewatch, I'm like, why the fuck have I ignored this film for so long? There's, it's just so much goodness in it that it's still a very awesome film. Yeah. 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 Anywho, it takes us over to our next question, which is the first of our Patreon questions. If you listened to our episode last week, you would have heard Dan Brennick from Netflix and Swill on to talk about holidays without Liz. Hey, let's not get into that. But, uh, Sad Dan- face. <laughs> I really wanted to do that movie. Lies. Uh, but uh, but Dan's thrown a whole bunch of new questions at us. Well, actually, his partner Ashley has basically told him to pull his head in and come up with some better fucking questions. So what's one of those questions, Stacey? It's, who's the real MVP of this movie, not a main character? All right, I'm going with uh, Sam Phillips. Um, I feel like, had he not been as good at his job as he was, I mean, there wouldn't be a film. I, I, th- I just really like that scene where... You know, Johnny and the two guys come in and he's just like, ah, gospel, we don't really do that. But he 
he really explains what he's looking for to the point where it actually inspires Johnny Cash to, to sing the other songs he's written. And he can really pick up that they've got a different sound. I just think that's really impressive. And I just, I loved that scene. So I just think Sam Phillips really nailed it. Yeah, that was one of the more mm. poignant ones too, where he's just like, if you were hit by a truck and you're dying out mm. on the street, is this really the song that you'd want to sing before God came and took you or whatever? I was like, exactly. fuck me. Such a good way yeah. to, to put it and to get them inspired and wanting to do something really amazing. Yeah. And it kind of shows you that maybe the music industry at that time wasn't as superficial as it is now. And he was yeah. like, I'm really looking for something that's got soul, like got yeah. the story behind it. Yeah, yeah, oh, there's, exactly. There's no way in hell that anybody could just walk in off the street now and go into like yeah. Sun Records or Capitol <laughs> Records and be like, hey man, I've got a song for you to play. It's just like everything else is out there at the moment. No one fucking no, never happened. No. Oh, but I also don't think they could turn up at a recording studio and have the guy go, yeah, you can record a song. It's $4. <laughs> 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 oh, all right then. <laughs> I've got a whole album of stuff I could sing. <laughs> oh, fuck, are you serious? Fuck yeah. <laughs> For four dollars, hundred percent. The the real MVP for me is June's old man when he like pulls a shotgun on his drug dealer at the end. Oh yeah, that's sick. <laughs> it's so good. The it wife does Ju- too, though, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, she? I think yeah. yeah, yeah, I think they both do. They just trace the drug dealer off the property, and it's like just like you know, like they can clearly see that their daughter's in love with this man, and they want to do anything to help their daughter, which is just absolutely beautiful. So yeah, that was my one. What about you, says? Well, I think that Vivian is the real MVP. Yes, you might think that she's, you know, just this naggy wife and that but I don't see it like that at all. I see it like she's part of his life before becoming artistic, before chasing his dream and fame and things like that. She's at home with a screaming baby. This like, is this is so, basically the story of you and Sam as Sam gets more and more famous <laughs> from his podcast. Yes. And his, so, and so his book. This is basically it. Once my book goes like viral and people, <laughs> yeah. millions of people the world wide over are like, oh my God, this book's so amazing. This guy's the man. And I'm out there traveling the world. Well, fuck you, COVID. I'm out there virtually traveling the world <laughs> doing virtual book sightings. From your garage. Texas, yeah, yeah, from yeah. my garage. And girls are throwing their like, Pro- pens probably nothing at, at me. Restraining <laughs> orders at me? I don't know. <laughs> Throwing pins at me. There we go. I'll use that. Um, yeah, basically, yeah, I can see. I can see but why she, you no, sympathize she, with that character. She, no, but not, it's not only sympathizing. It's she provides the reality to this movie. Like, he wasn't just born a, a um, you know, singer star. No, the opposite. At, at all. And, it, and I think seeing his early childhood and seeing his he had a normal run-of-the-mill relationship before getting into this world. Yeah, really balanced it out. Without that, I think it would have been a loss to the movie. Yeah, um, I've, I've got comments on here later, so I'll bite my tongue. Uh, okay, question number three. Uh, also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of Chrisini. Fuck you, the band, Chris. What is it, Liz? All right. Uh, what song would you have inserted into this film and where? And by the way, mine is going to blow both of yours out of the water. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. My one would be uh, Blink-182 song. <laughs> I'm literally going to use that as an answer on every podcast you're on now, Liz. No, I'm no, never no, going no. to be on another podcast. Problem solved. <laughs> now, there was a biopic film that came out two years after this called I'm Not There, which was different interpretations of Bob Dylan and his life. Kate Blanchett received a fuck ton of praise for playing Bob Dylan in that film. Mm. I would have liked a scene because he talks about how there's this kid, Bob Dylan, and he really likes his music. We then see them do a cover of Lay, Lady, Lay. I would have liked a... Almost like a cinematic tie-in where we see Kate Blanchett on the screen playing Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Just something like that. I reckon that would have been cool. That would have been cool. 
Because we've got a few other famous artists playing their songs. I would have liked to see Bobby D. My answer kind is kind of inspired by your answer, actually, and it's a Rolling Stones song. Ooh. <laughs> Wild Horses. Oh, I love oh, that song. Good. Wouldn't Drag Me Away. That kind of sums up, you know, June and John in the end, really. Where'd you get the inspiration for this, Stacey? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, well, this is clearly some sort of private joke that okay, we're not okay, yet okay. to. This, so, okay, so we randomly started watching YouTube videos of June Carter Cash today to see what she was like, to see how much Reese Witherspoon nailed her. And for some reason went from a June Carter Cash video to a Susan Boyle video in which Susan Boyle sang Wild Horses. So I'm like, hmm. But it works, right? Okay, yeah, it does work. Yes. Nice. Yeah, it's a good song. It's a great song, actually. Yeah, mine's a bit more like Sam's maybe, but I would go with Buddy Holly's song, It's So Easy to Fall in Love. I don't know why he wasn't a feature in the movie because he was the same sort of time and the people and everything, but he wasn't. He's brilliant. I love his music. I love It's So Easy to Fall in Love, and I think it would have been perfect to have him playing it on stage while they showed Johnny Cash and June in the background chatting, you know, while they're Mm. waiting for their sets. Because that yep. would have been such a great tie-in together. Oh, that's yeah, romantic. Yeah. Isn't it? Oh, it would have been amazing. Very sweet. Mm. Yes. Very sweet. And that's why I win this question. Sure. Uh, moves over to our next Patreon question. Comes courtesy of Dave Baker. Dave is also the man. He's got his own Patreon at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. Find a link down in the show notes. On it, he posts a ton of awesome content you guys should all go check out. And what Dave would like to know is which two characters from this film would you like at your house party? Now, this is interesting because we can legitimately pick real people this time. So we can know what it would be like. I guess we so. Can. Get in our own <laughs> interpretations of what those people are like. But anyway, what do you got to say? Okay, well, I'm going to pick June and Elvis. Yeah, makes sense. June's yeah. funny. Elvis might shit himself and die on the toilet, but... Not for quite some time, though. Exactly. You're he's, talking about young Elvis. young right? Elvis, yeah. 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 Oh, from this movie. I wouldn't be surprised if we all picked June, because I picked June. Cause June's I don't awesome. have June. Really? Because I struggled to pick anyone other than June. I was like, June, mm. 100%. She is definitely mm. there. I would love her there. But in the end, I went with um, the Tennessee 2 guitarist guy. Because I uh. just, all the guys were kind of douchey. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I don't really want to hang out with any of these people. He seemed actually quite reasonable. Compared to the rest, yeah. so I was like, "You seem right. You can play the guitar, you know." Given his level of infatuation, there's no way in hell I'm picking June Carter Cash and then not picking Johnny Cash, basically. Because yeah. I mean, you pick June Carter Cash, you're going to get Johnny Cash without even choosing. No, him. I'm going to lock the gates, and he cannot come in. He can go see his drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking about drugs, that's why I picked Elvis Presley and Johnny Cash, <laughs> man. To go, like, to be able to say, I went yeah. out on the piss with those two guys. Fuck, you'd be a legend. Yeah. You'd oh, have yeah, some fucking stories. A hundred percent. Yeah. They'd probably find me, like, halfway down the freeway with my liver hanging out. But, I mean, I'd still, I would have loved it. I've probably had a good time. Yeah, you would have. Anywho, next question. What is it, Stace? Okay, so our next question is courtesy of our wonderful Patreon, Julio, from the Contrarians podcast. And he would like to know, what is your most controversial opinion about this film? Let's do a little plug for the Contrarians, because very awesomely, Julio's actually got a copy of my book now, and he's now reading. He was one of the yes, very first people well to buy done. my book. You're the fucking man, Julio. I was uh, the first you... person to read your book. Oh, Stacey was. <laughs> I was. Oh, well, okay, that's true. <laughs> Actually, a book editor in uh, England was the first person to yeah, read it. Yeah, but I was the first person to read it as it stands now. Well, mm. even then, I've made some changes since you've edited it. So. Rude. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, what's your answer? Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> what anyway, we're on, what's I the question? I'm totally off track. What's... <laughs> 
But yeah, if um, if you haven't started listening to the Contrarians already, do yourself a favor and do it. They break down a movie, usually one that's universally beloved or universally hated, and they basically sort of go to bat for why it's shit. So, so yeah, so like a film like this, they'd basically spend the whole time arguing why it's rubbish, and then offer their you know true opinions at the end. Anyway, okay, so uh, I have one very specific controversial opinion, and it is that they should have been kinder. In the um, their depiction of his first wife, Vivian. Yes. Um, yeah. It just, I agree. When you actually go back and read the story, the the kids were a bit sad that they didn't show the good moments, and I think they needed to have a couple of good moments because all they showed was just her being this harping shrew, and I was like, I'm sure it wasn't that bad the whole time. It's funny you say that because my controversial opinion is that no one deserves to be treated like shit, but like the wife in this just doesn't help your cause. You know, like the entire time she's just perpetually yeah, moaning, nagging, and all that sort of stuff. And I think in the like, movie, yeah. yeah, in the movie, in the movie, yes, that's what. But I'm I saying. don't think I'm sure she wasn't that one dimensional in real life. I'm sure that you know she was just trying to do her best, and he's the one that kept popping out kids with her. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, there must be something there for her to stay with him for that amount of time. Well, divorce like she would was have been so together like twelve on, years right? or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If I mean, honestly, if there was, if we had a question about the philosophical debate, Mum is going to be. This movie really showed me why it's good that divorce is so much more commonplace now because some people just think they're meant to be and they are just not. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So my controversial opinion is that um, Joaquin Phoenix should have been should have won the Oscar for Best Actor and Walk the Line should have been uh, should have won the Best Picture Oscar. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's no way Crash should have won the Best Picture Oscar. It's fucking garbage. His performance mm. was excellent. Like just. All his mannerisms and the way he approached mm. the character and really, even just the way he sang and stuff was so yeah. well done. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I was really impressed with that. He got beaten by Philip Seymour Hoffman in Capote. Oh, well, that's a big call then because that is an excellent film. Exactly. That's why that's controversial. Exactly. That's why it's controversial. I have, and I have seen um, that movie, Capote. Yeah, I've seen both mm. films and I still think that Joaquin should have won. Cool. Okay, question number six. Also a Patreon question comes courtesy of who there, Liz? Oh, one of the most amazing podcasters out there, Ms. Emily Higgins. Uh, she has a spectacular podcast called The Tasteless Podcast, where she compares two films, one that's like amazingly beloved, and then one that Emily likes and actually thinks is better, and she explains why she thinks that. Uh, most of the time, she's got some great ideas. Still disagree with great ideas. It's a great idea. I'll I'll definitely say that about you. (laughs) Yeah, she's amazing. And what she'd like to know is what side character would have the best spin-off movie? I think we need to see more about June Carter, like pre-meeting Johnny. You know, so she grew up in a musical performing family, right? From her early days. And she Mm -hmm. says she's not even the best singer. They only bring her out because she's funny. So... Be interesting to see what the rest of her family are like. Yeah. I went with Sam Phillips because I just thought he, you know, I mean, he'd signed Elvis and then he signed Johnny Cash. Who else did he? Would have been Carl Perkins, Julie Lewis. He signed them all around the same time. Yeah. Released, recorded albums at Sun Records. Well, that would be pretty cool. Like a whole movie about Sun Records. Yeah. 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 It would be cool. How about I ask my favourite question? Oh, yeah. That moves over to question number (laughs) seven, which I have fucked up the order. I was supposed to give this to Stacey to ask, but. I'm okay. asking it. So, Stacey, oh. you can ask it anyway. It's the Stacey question. As you guys heard last episode, it's back. What does it say? How would you have incorporated Nicolas Cage into this film, Liz? Well, 
Uh, I would have had Nicholas Cage. What do you mean? <laughs> it was why. <laughs> I think we know that I, yeah, I wouldn't have had him too far at the front. I've decided that he could be a prisoner at Folsom. He'd just be right at the front of the crowd, like stamping away when Johnny Cash is playing. And then afterwards he could get involved in a prison riot and die. Okay, that's a good role for him. I endorse that. What do you think, Sam? I would have had him play, in a weird, twisted sense of logic, I would have had him play Elvis Presley. <laughs> then he would God have played his future father-in-law. Oh, yeah. Because he married Lisa Marie oh, Presley. Oh, God, that he'd done that. <laughs> well, future deceased father-in-law, I should say. But yeah, do yeah. Do think um, that he would have got married had he played that role? That would be weird, wouldn't it? No, I think they were like, I think they were either still married. No, they might have been divorced by that point. So he could have like totally done it as a fuck you and just made him look like a complete piece oh, of shit. But he would have been nah. too old. Yes, to, what, play, to play Nicholas the Cage young... in 2005 playing a young <laughs> Elvis Presley. You're telling me Nicholas Cage who played a hot young couple who were desperately trying to have a kid at Inception <laughs> in 2017. Come on, Liz, man. Oh, you you know thinking? the range this man is capable of. He, it's a, truly astounding, the films that just, he's They could managed. just de-age him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. CGI does wonderful things. What about you, Stace? I would have had him as my lover. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, he could be the bank teller when Johnny goes to um, Cash's check. Yeah, and like have and get like yeah. really angry at him when like yeah. Johnny's like going, "Can't you yeah. just cash it, man?" And he's just like, "No, get the fuck out of my bed. <laughs> Exactly. That would That'd be, be better. Bring a bit of comic relief to the situation. Nice. Yep, that works. Uh, next question is also a Patreon question. Comes courtesy of Nick Haskins of Nicola's Kitchen, brand new podcast about all things cooking related, and Nick and his v- adventures in food. That sounds really creepily sexy, and maybe it is. I haven't listened. It yet. is. It is. It's creepily sexy. No, <laughs> it's not, not creepily. It's sexy. Well, he's pretty mm. sexy. <laughs> well, I was thinking of food. In general. So you find food... I'm not surprised by that comment whatsoever. It's totally fine if you want to, like, finish up the podcast and go and, like, put whipped cream on each other and stuff. I just don't want to hear about it, and please don't do it on the screen. No, no, no. We do have an unfinished plate of coleslaw sitting right beside Stacey at the moment. (laughs) That's quite what I was thinking, but hey, you do get that. A bit of chicken and some lettuce. That looks pretty... It's wilting. Okay. How about we yeah. move on to the next question? Yeah, so oh, anyway, is the, the next que- question. <laughs> what is this question? Anyway, the question is how could this film have been rewritten into a Shakespearean comedy or a tragedy? I'm going with tragedy, and I think that June should ask him to get clean, but instead he just hits the drugs more and it actually destroys his abilities to sing and maybe like gets wiped out and ends up, he can't tour anymore because he's in like a wheelchair or something. And he watches as June marries a singer who doesn't do drugs but is super famous and still touring and they go off and have lots of lovely babies and concerts together. And that singer is Justin Bieber. Again, a little out of date, like out of the time (laughs) range. And that singer is Elton John. (laughs) That would be a tragedy, Liz. I agree with you. I I mean, this kind of film already is a tragedy. Like, we yeah, know but that- the whole point is you know they're going to get together in the end and, yeah. and then they're building to that and they're working together. So to make it a tragedy, you don't ever let him have her, but he's still desperately in love with her, but he fucks it up himself and see you later. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if we, uh, if we are rewriting history a little bit, then my tragedy would have been that his brother haunted him, like legitimately haunted him. Like we see the way his brother, the memory of his brother haunted mm. him and his dad. 
but I mean like legitimately haunted him and that was the reason why he couldn't fight all these demons and even when he got clean at the end when he was on the stage with June we just see his brother in the background like the wrong brother died (laughs) (laughs) that would be sad that'd be horrific that would be I couldn't even watch that scene in the movie I've too, it was just upsetting. Stacy never has any visceral reactions to any movies except for, why are you making me watch this shit? <laughs> and she had a very big reaction to, I can't watch this. It's I can't sad. watch it. It is. Yeah, but it she is. never gets, she has no emotional investment in movies while watching them. She's, I think it's especially sad because he might have been okay if it had happened now. Like, well, you know, like modern medicine, oh, probably, probably not yeah. in the US, but, you know. If it had happened in New Zealand now, then he might have actually got some Anywhere medical care. else yeah. in the world. Got a kid. Mm. He could have caught an ambulance for like less than $2,000. And... Mm. True. Yeah. Mine was a bit more simple and cutthroat. Is that just John overdosed? And that was that. Just done. Yeah. So Done-zo. he would never have written and recorded his most famous album and obviously would never have got together with June. So life cut too short. Well, what about comedies? Can none of us think in a cheerful manner? Is no, no one an optimist funny. here? <laughs> I think for it to be a, a comedy, you oh. could have just got rid of his brother dying and his drugs, and then it probably would have been all right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would have been a yeah. Like you could easily reshoot this as a romantic comedy where he's like having a whole bunch of like mishaps, or you mm. know, like a super bad or knocked up. He has a whole bunch of like these mishaps on the way to trying to score his dream woman. He's like. Oh shit! I've done a bit too much drugs. <laughs> oh well, next. Oh shit! I have to cheat on my wife again. <laughs> How do you make this a comedy? No. Well, oh, bro, you fucked up again, bro. I know I had a threesome with these two girls last night. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. Just let go. Yeah. How you make this a comedy is you it's take like, out all the good shit. No, it's a sliding doors moment when he meets June. The sliding. First... I'm, how do you know what sliding doors is? Who doesn't know what sliding doors is? Exactly. I haven't even seen it, and I know what sliding. How doors do you is. know what sliding doors is? Because like, what the fuck is going on? We're allowed to understand concepts. Fuck off you don't there. even know who Christopher Nolan was. How do you know what oh, sliding doors is? Damn. Totally Ooh. different concept here. Okay, how we could turn this movie into a comedy is by having a sliding doors moment. When he first meets June, she comes on stage and she's she is the comedy. She's a comedy act, right? True. So he could have met her and then their lives could have taken that turn at that point, you know, being a more happy, Christian, crappy, you know, type of relationship in life, you know? Yep. <laughs> I think if his brother hadn't died, that would have turned the entire thing around because he might not have joined the Air Force or you know, then married Vivian mm. or whatever. You know, he wouldn't have got mm. all caught up in drugs. So it's true. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that would have been the one thing. That's an answer. Who's mm. uh, question number nine? What do you got there, Liz? <laughs> all right, it's a listener favorite. What quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear just after you finish having sex? Yeah, my one. Um, there's basically a scene in which June Carter Cash is. Uh, they've just had their massive falling out after Thanksgiving and they're sort of like having a massive argument outside his lakeside house, I guess. And she basically says, start loving yourself so we can go back to work. I don't want to hear that straight after. I need a little bit of a recharge time. (laughs) You're not getting any younger, Sam. Uh, No way. Give me at least a week. (laughs) Um, What are we talking about? (laughs) Certainly not my sex life. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay, so mine is also a June Carter quote, and it is, oh, please, get up off your knees, you look pathetic. 
That is fucking cold. Get up mm. off your knees. You look pathetic. Well, I didn't I pick a June Carter one. write that down. Yeah. Uh, I went with one from Man of the Hour, Jerry Lee Lewis, and it is... Don't think about touching it. Don't sing about touching it. <laughs> Don't think about sitting about touching it. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah that's good. And you'd be like, okay, but like I just did. So yeah, it's is that too bad? Late. Or clearly I didn't do a good job, so I won't be touching it. Or We're going to hell. It. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to hell. Yeah. Anywho, moves us down to our last question that could be applied to any film, which is what was the biggest dick move of the movie? And God, there's a lot. Mm. There are a lot. I can't. It's hard for me to narrow it down, to be honest. I just went with Johnny shoving June in Viv's face, like multiple times, like just, hey, look, I fucking love this other woman. I don't care that you're my wife. She's there and I'm going to sing with her and gaze at her and run off to her whenever you want. And then I'm going to stick photos of her up on my fucking wall. What a douche. Yeah, that the war, photos on the wall. Oh, yeah, I was about to say, like, so most unnecessary. Stuff, so unnecessary. Most of the other stuff came from the, like, on stage chemistry. And that kind of reminded me of that Bradley Cooper Lady Gaga thing where they did one of those songs out of um, The Star is Born on the stage. And everyone was like, oh my God, those guys are going to hook up. And they're both like, we are both happily married. And then since that time, both of them are now divorced. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Awkward. I just. Yeah, nah, mate. Well, I mean, look, if you're obviously in love with June. Yeah, well, talking about being a dick to the wife, what about being a dick to your future wife and proposing to her on stage when she said repetitively no and then basically, like, peer pressuring her her into saying yes on stage? That, for me, was like, oh, a part of me was like, I hope this isn't fucking real. And I haven't looked it up. No, it is. It is. Is it? Yeah. It really happened. I don't know if it happened in that exact way. I went to try and see the clip because I thought maybe it was videoed. Um, Yeah. But apparently... He just stopped in the middle of a song and said, will you marry me? And she was, she blushed and stuff, but then she was like, yes, okay. And then they hugged and it was all good. But actually that makes me think of your comment on the last movie, The Holiday, you know, just don't do a public, you know, massive big uh, gesture like that when the other person is not necessarily going to respond favorably. Ben Affleck did the same thing in Gone Girl, proposed to her at a party that she hated in front of all of her friends. Oh, yeah. And it's like, why do people do this? Why do guys think this is a good idea? Oh, all of these proposals, like, yeah, don't propose in front of her family or, like, all her friends or whatever, unless you're 100% sure mm. that, A, she's going to say yes, and B, she likes the idea of being, like, the centre of attention, and a lot yeah. of people don't, so. Yeah, no, like, that's why I proposed mm. to Stacey in a very private place, which was the top of Mount Monganui. Where we had people wandering past, wondering why that woman Aww. was sitting on a bench crying and a guy was kneeling in front of her, which was pretty obvious. And so a girl took a photo for us, which was quite nice. But. That's nice. <laughs> it's not quite the same, I don't think, like as doing no. it in, like with an entire audience watching. Yeah. Like that's not yeah. the same. It was Stacey's favorite place to get something on her finger. So yeah, she was pretty happy. <laughs> what? To get a ring on her finger. What are you thinking of? You I have no filthiness. idea. I felt like you were trying yeah, to insinuate something weird... that I just did not. Pick up. That was a weird. Um, okay. I'm totally trying to make you guys feel awkward right now. Yeah. Anyway, I feel I'm just more I... confused. Okay. Yeah. Just... Perfect. Cool. Mm-hmm. What, what have you got anyway, Stacey? I am going with the dad. We need to mention him because he mm. needs to get over some stuff, clearly. So I actually think it was a dick move of him to be so hard on Johnny at that Thanksgiving dinner. So, just so mean to him across the table. He could have, A, taken that out of the room. Or B, just like, be happy. Your son is cleaning himself up. He's kind of trying to do the right thing. He's not quite there yet, but 
come on, man. I was like, if you were a decent dad, you'd be like, hey, I see that you've got that tractor in some trouble. Should we go out down there and get it out of there together? Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let me help person. you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and we'll talk about the dad later on. Uh, personal questions. You're back at it, Sace. What's your three Ooh, questions? Oh, yay. Okay. Uh, uh, as I have said before, this, there's just so much emotional investment in many different relationships in this film. So what scene took the biggest yank on your heartstrings? It was the moment when he wakes up from his um, withdrawal, when he's sort of finally clean, and she she's sitting there chatting, to, like talking to him, and he calls her an angel. Like I just that was his moment of absolute rock bottom, absolute vulnerability, and her kindness in that scene. I just thought, yeah, that's that's really beautiful, and it made me cry. Oh, made you cry. Yeah, I, I cry a bit at movies occasionally. She doesn't have a heart of stone. <laughs> Only when it comes I, to the patriarchy. Men, yeah. yeah. Why, why are you so surprised? Males. <laughs> uh, my one was just the ending. You know, like, you knowing what I know, which is that they were so madly in love with each other, he recorded mm. an album which was effectively his um, epitaph in a lot of ways. He basically recorded an album full of incredibly sad songs and then she died and then he just followed after her four months later and they yeah. just basically have that sort of epilogue where it's like, you know, like hardly ever do you see two people who are so obviously meant to be in love with each other and meant to be together with each other, which is what this film is. And when she finally says yes, as much of a dick move as it is, when she finally realises, yeah, fuck it, I actually do love this man. And then, yeah. you know, the, the fact that we see them happy and all that sort of stuff, that was like the bit for me at the end where I was like, mm. I was so nice. you guys, so late in the day. I was like... Was... You're know, saying the most biggest. There's a lot throughout this I film. I know, but, like yeah. the, his brother dying. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I was like, oh, you goody two-shoes. Go and get the <laughs> fuck out. No, I wasn't really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that takes me to my next question. So, Johnny fictitiously saying that he shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. What unsuspecting musician do you think has actually killed someone? It's Moby. He's got a super creepy vibe. <laughs> that, that was my answer when Stacey said this question. I was like, it's just Moby. Holy shit. What is the odds? There's just something about him. I'm just like, uh, weird. why would a vegan kill somebody? Because he's got no problem. He's got problems with killing animals. He's got no Because someone with like had a barbecue <laughs> right over the road and he was like, you fucking killed too <laughs> yeah. many animals. You're going you down, bitch. <laughs> yeah. How many right. animals can I save by murdering this one human? That's what he's thinking. I think it's just well, something be... about white bald men. They're just super creepy, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I feel like cool. I've been responsible for the genocide over a billion chickens by this point in my life. So oh, yeah, somebody you would have. probably want to murder me. Yeah. 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 Um, but you, you're missing the right answer. The right answer is Celine Dion. How so? I don't. It? I don't trust her. <laughs> I just, I just, I just don't trust I don't, her. I don't trust her. I don't trust her. She's got shifty eyes. You trust every other singer? No, no, no. I don't. Not saying I trust every other singer. I'm just. There's something about Celine Dion. I reckon. Yeah. Anyway, my heart will go on. What's your next question, sir? <laughs> okay, and my final question is. Oh, I love this question, and I think it would work so yeah, well. Yeah, you this love this movie. question. What character would you have replaced with a talking dog? Do we have the same answer, Liz? I don't know. I feel like there's a very obvious answer, and if you haven't nah. picked that answer, then you suck. Rude. <sighs> uh, I'm going with Elvis, because the casting would have been just as shit if you made him a talking dog. I, <laughs> I just felt it was a really shit cast for Elvis. I felt mm. like you could have done so much better. And look, 
I actually kind of like that guy. Like he's, I can't remember his name, but he's in One Tree Hill. And I quite liked him in that show. But I just, yeah, nah. Well, I, did, I couldn't even work it out that it was Elvis to begin with. I was just yeah. like, oh, he's meant to be Elvis. Nah. So he is dog. the obvious answer. And what sort of dog would you have got to replace him with? Oh, of course. Yes. Of course. He's going to be course. a dash hound. No, I'm joking. He's going to be a hound no, dog. He ain't, ain't going to be nothing but a hound dog yeah. crying all the time. Oh of God. course you're going to have Elvis. Al- it makes too That's much so sense. Funny. I didn't even think of that. But yeah. No, but I do like that I said he was going to be a dash hound just because that would piss you off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would. It would be. It ain't nothing but a hound dog crying all the time. Nothing but a hound dog. Exactly, there we go. All the time. Anyways, that moves me over to the first of my personal questions. And as somebody who is now artistic, we've mentioned my book a couple of times, quite often what spurs us on, what gives us creativity, what gets our juices flowing is we pull from tragic shit that's happened to us during our lives and use that to motivate us. I want to know from you guys, what percent of the world's art and performance, etc., do you guys think comes from a negative place, e.g. heartbreak, tragedy, etc.? I think it's really high, like about mm. 95%, something something in that region. Because, yes, okay, like if you're talking about art as in songs, writing, actual like visual arts, um, whatever other arts Well, like movies, movies um, music, yeah. art, all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it will be triggered by something negative. I saw an amazing interview with Jerry Seinfeld once where he said, I'm the only stand-up comedian I know of that doesn't have a fucked-up upbringing. Mm, he's part of the 5%. Yeah, he's part of the 5%. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty much in agreement. I went with 90% because most strong emotions are negative. Like, if you have to describe strong emotions, really, you've got happy. That's your positive. <laughs> but when you're negative, you've got anger, you've got fear, you've got shame, you've got guilt. Like there's so many really strong negative emotions. And I feel like, you know, this creation process can provide a way to work that pain out and get it out and, and process it. So I totally make sense. I mean, when you think about any storylines, there's always something, even if you're talking about love, which theoretically is this beautiful, positive, positive thing, mm. there's still a lot of pain that goes in love, like long term. Yeah. So I'd say in my experience from meeting stand-up comedians, musicians, filmmakers, all that sort of shit, I'd say if you asked all of them, like, what inspired you to do this, it's a desperate sense of proving yourself worth. So mm. it's like, it's that, it's that negative shit that's happened, like, whether you had a fucked up upbringing or whatever, that you've actually wanted to go out and prove yourself by doing something that people adore and love and all that sort of shit. Like, you'd very rarely get someone who's like, oh, yeah, I had a fucking perfectly normal life, and now here I am. Mm. Michael McIntyre. Mm. I feel like he'd be positive. Yeah, someone like him. I feel like yeah. Steven Spielberg. I feel like he's probably, like, just a normal dude. And then with music, I feel like Celine Dion's a pretty normal woman, but she uh, just murders people. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that doesn't tie I'm just kidding, together. Celine, please don't come for me. Uh, <laughs> so my next question, I can't wait for this because Liz loves to sing, Stacey okay. doesn't. I want to hear you guys tell me your, what your favourite Johnny Cash song is, but you guys have to tell me by singing a line of it in the style of his voice. Oh, that's so fine. I want to hear you get that. deep and low and sing like already. Johnny Cash. So here we go. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling round the bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on 
But that Woo. train keeps a rolling <laughs> on down to the That's where I lose it because it goes too low. He gets Woo. too deep. On down a sand and tone. That was good. <laughs> As somebody who's won a singing competition and beat out 50 other entrants by singing that song, yes, it's my favorite. <laughs> that's amazing. We should have just sung the whole song together. Let's do that. No. Yeah, do it, guys. And then forget about me. Yeah. We're trying to keep this podcast short. What I was going to suggest that you just sang with me and I just sing really loud and drown you out if you want. Okay. I fell into a burning real fire. <laughs> and it burns and burns as the flames go higher. I thought that, that was nowhere near as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to be terrible. That was perfectly acceptable. Until you burst into laughter. Like oh, in the middle of a very emotional so song. Traumatic. Uh, listeners, work. she tried that once today, and our daughter pissed herself laughing in her face. <laughs> it was like, Mum's trying to sound like Dad. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't do any more. That was amazing. You that don't need beautiful. to. That was it. That was all we needed. Okay. Thank you for that, guys. That was absolutely outstanding. <laughs> I'm sure Johnny Cash is not rolling over in his grave. I'm sure he's standing up and applauding. I'm sure. Anyway, moving over to my last question. As we have discussed, his wife put up puts up with a hell of a lot of grief from being in a relationship with this man. I don't know from you guys. At what point would you guys have just left him? Would have said, nah, we're done. I'm out. I think it was when he made her sing on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay, the real answer. Have you got another have. answer? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the minute that he was clear uh the minute that it was clear that he was in love with June. That's it. As soon as you can tell that he's in love with another woman, just bail. Because they're not, it's not like he's in love with her, but then he's never going to see her again. Bloody performing mm. every night on the tour. Like, mm. just get yourself out of there, sister. That is not a fun time for you. Yeah, I went round in circles on this answer because my first reaction was similar to yours, or maybe even sooner. Like, yeah, as soon as you know, it's not working. But in reality, I've just gone with pretty much around the same time in, that she did in the movie. Because you've got to think about the societal constraints yeah. at the time. Like you, we've mentioned earlier, divorce was frowned upon and she was just, just trying to do a good thing, raise his kids. So it would have taken, you would have wanted to hang on and try and make it work and see if something would change. All right. Well, as we've just said, you know, society was a bit of a bitch back then. You know, women couldn't get divorced, etc. I'm wondering what you think would have been the worst thing about living in that era. I'm going to go with a funny answer because, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff that was pretty horrible back then. I want to try and keep the podcast light. The overt racism and whatnot, yeah. Okay. Yeah, over all that sort of shit, um, you know, lack of gay rights, you know, mm. like Ugh. civil rights, etc. ton of other shit. So I'm just going to say the food. Really? Yeah. They just boiled shit. That's all they <laughs> ate was boiled shit. Way less high fructose corn syrup, though. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure, it was so probably healthier, really healthy. and they didn't have obesity, and, but, but still, like, they weren't blending spices, they weren't doing shit that I'm going to pretend like I sound like I know what I'm talking about, I can't wait for my we're episode of like- Kitchen, where I'm like, okay, we get chicken and we fry it, and that's, that's, that's the episode done, goodbye. And this is the guy who doesn't care about food, like, he could just eat the same meal every day, day in and day but out. But when you want occasional, yeah, but like, you got- pasta, or like, you know, a nice beef mm. rendang curry, like, we're not talking massively fancy here, but... No, 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 exactly. I, no, I do care. At the same time, like, there would have been no options like that back then. Nah. You know, like, your, your standard meal was, like, you know, what meat and three veg. Like, yep. that's all you would have mm. ate every night. Your boiled taters. 
I wouldn't be going down to Mexico to get drugs. I'd be going down there to get, <laughs> to get, food. get, to get some Mexican <laughs> spicy food, basically. They'd be like, what are you bringing back over the border, sir? And you'd be like, the spices. I don't know what yeah. I was going to say. I don't, like, I'm I, bringing I, spices. And they're like, is that a code word? And you're like, no. And it's yeah. literally I some, spices. I need flavor in my life. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now, Mr. Customs Officer, I have about 17 kgs of guacamole inside my guitar. <laughs> He's like, uh, you didn't actually have to put that in you. You could have just like carried that in. That's not le- illegal. And you'd be like... Wow, this discomfort is really for nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not so to mention the other five kgs that I'm hiding about my person. This is very awkward. It's a lot of guac. <laughs> it is. What about you? I was, I've already mentioned it, but I think it's just some of those um, judgments that you would face. And it just seemed like a time where you had a little bit less free will or the free will that you had, you know, non, if you went against the Bible and good Christian values. Um, that you would be frowned upon or asted from the group. It just seems very constraining, for oh, sure, like especially ju- as a woman. Yeah. yeah. Especially as a woman. Like how judgy were those people in the shop that were like, oh, oh you're God. June Carter. Oh, your parents are good folk. It's a shame you've strayed so far. I'm surprised like, they still the f- talk to you. <laughs> you're an abomination. Yeah, oh, divorce is an abomination. I'd be yeah, like, divorce yeah. is an abomination. your face is an abomination. Suck it. Exactly. Drop. But exactly. yeah. Pretty sure it says not to judge people in the Bible, so congratulations, Sinner. Oh, yeah. Christ. I could talk for so long about how, like, all that Westboro Baptist Church and shit that you see now is just. Yes, no. okay. Let's, anyway, let's over that. we could do that on a different <laughs> podcast, perhaps. On this yeah. one, I'll move to question 18. I'm curious, how does he afford that amazing house in the woods when he couldn't even, like, keep his phone on? That really confused me. Okay, here's, here's the thing, Liz. Like, celebrities are just better people than you and me, okay? So they deserve to have houses given to them, all right? <laughs> so he just turned up right. and went, hey, look, I'm actually Johnny Cash. Um, I quite like this house. And they were like, oh, do you want to just have this house then? And he was like, yeah, yeah that, that'd be great. Thanks. No, it was Nick Cage at the bank giving out money, throwing it, throwing okay, yes, notes no, over the counter. Here's the answer. He would make a terrible bank answer. teller, to be fair, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I just found that whole thing sh- bizarre like one scene he's like i need to cash this check because i have no other way to live oh yeah but today i'm gonna purchase this incredibly expensive house yeah Yeah. i my no my real answer is i agree with you liz i did wonder the same thing but then i think that people on drugs are just too unorganized maybe he had some money or some other checks lying around somewhere but they just couldn't get to the bank or to it was the weekend and the bank was or like a term or deposit or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're just unorganized and they couldn't even work it out amongst themselves. Given given what happened with the global financial crisis, I almost feel like this is a running pattern for American banks where it's like, hey, I need to pay my phone bill. It's $40. No, 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 you can't do that. Hey, I want to buy this um, house that's massively overpriced. Oh, here you go. Take a mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some yeah, money. We had... want to lend you hundreds of thousands of dollars that we know you can't pay back rather than $40 that we know you Have can you had that back. with credit cards? Like, I've applied for a credit card before. I'm like, yeah, I just want $3,000. And they're like, we could give you $10,000. I'm like, cool. I don't want $10,000. Yeah. They only want three. Yeah. And they're like, that okay, how about with... we split the difference? We'll give you five. I'm like, fuck's sake. <laughs> that happened to me in the UK. I'd literally been there for three weeks and they tried to give me a £10,000 credit card. <gasps> and I, I didn't even have a job yet. I was like, what the fuck wow. am I going to do with this? It's insane. Global financial crisis happened Yay. about a year after I got to the UK. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> assholes, yes. um, having worked in the banking industry in London for quite some time, I definitely worked with a few. So I can recognize one in Johnny Cash's dad. So my question number 19 is why is Johnny Cash's dad such an 
asshole. Because the wrong son died. Yeah, but get over it, bro. It's been a good few years, mate. You've still got a son. He's doing quite well. The thing I got from this, and I don't know, maybe I'm going to talk about my own personal experience or whatever, but like he's he looks at Johnny and he just sees someone that just likes fucking around. And mm. so when the son died, he was fucking around fishing. Like he didn't know the whole story of what happened. And then when he's at his house, it's like, yes, he's become wildly more successful than the old man ever will be, but he's still fucking around. You know, he's just being a like a just being an idiot. He's not being respectful and all that sort of shit. And he just doesn't seem like he appreciates where he's got to. Is it overkill? Yes. Is it probably what parents were like back then? Yes. yes. Are there still parents around that are like that? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like it's just someone who's like busted his whole has busted his ass, worked hard for everything he has, expects respect yeah, from other people. But he'd been a drunk but, as well, so it's not even like he was perfect. Yeah, well, again, there's the other mm. thing about projecting is just that's, do that's what, what I say, not what I do. Basically. That's what I was thinking is that he wanted Johnny or his kids in general to be better than him. I liked mm. how he sort of came around at the end. Yeah, he was doing yeah, better. We, I thought that was a really sweet scene with the with the tin cans. Well, yeah, with the yeah. and the flood. And stuff. Yeah. Moves us down to our final question, which is also a listener question, one that we threw out there to you guys to answer for us. Um, there's been a ton of biopics, like musical biopics, in the past twenty years, and I want to know from you guys which one was your favorite. I feel like this is pointless with somebody sitting beside me who's just given a movie a hyperbole sandwich. So I'm pretty sure we know what your answer is. Oh yeah, definitely walk the line. This is the best. Do you have a runner-up? I'm not sure if it's uh, uh, categorised as a bio biopic, if it's like a documentary style. Yeah, sure. Amy? Oh, shit. Yeah. Amy Winehouse? Call. Fascinating. Fascinating life. I, I can't, I'm not really judging it from a, is this a good movie documentary, but just fascinating story. No, yeah, that was good. That's a real good choice. Holy shit. Fuck, you've thrown me for a loop. Yeah, I'm going in the same theme of strong British female Biopics. I'm picking Spice World. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, I'm really Liz. not. I just thought of that when you were talking, and I was like, I've got to say that. No, clearly I'm not. Emily Higgins that. wanted to pick Spice World, but she's like, it doesn't really count. It's not from the last twenty years. I was like, Don't uh, you dare. yeah, yeah. Actually, I was like, oh, is that too? It wouldn't even be in the last twenty years. I'm like, it doesn't count either anyway. But I just thought it'd be funny to throw that in. No, um, my real answer is, um, I was thinking this one originally, but actually, I think I'm going to go with Eight Mile. Is it a biopic? It is. It's from yeah. 2003, but it's not. It's like it's a the same loose sort of, adaptation. Yeah. A very loose adaptation. I Googled of, biopics to see what they were, and it came yeah. up. So that's what I'm picking. It's that or Spice World. I don't care. Yeah, my one is it's a toss up between Walk the Line and Straight Out of Compton. I loved Straight Out of Compton. It's talking about, you know, like very challenging young men who are trying to make a name for themselves and come out of what they, you know, their situation and become more than they are. And it was just phenomenal, like, because NWA, like, the story, that's just this whole new style of rap music, of singing, gangster rap, you know, they pretty much invented the genre. At least they made the, like, genre popular, and then came out and actually told the true story of how these five guys, you know, took on the world and then eventually took on each other. It was just phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I've seen that. It was good. Yeah. It was great, actually. I found it very confronting. It was. It was not something that you knew much about. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it, so it was fascinating. Yeah. Different world, eh? Different lives. Yeah. To us. Yeah. So I threw it out there to you guys, our dear listeners, to answer for us. And looking at the results, uh, Walk the Line won. It got 39% of the vote. Wow. 
Uh, coming in at second was straight out of Compton. Bohemian Rhapsody came in at third at 26%. Yeah. Um, I kind of, no, I, I, I like that. I've heard mixed reviews. I never went to it's, see it because it got such mixed reviews. Oh, you should yeah. see it, Liz. It's good. I, that's it's, up there for it's me. It's okay. <laughs> I was about to get a Netflix as well copyright infringement notice and say it's fine. So I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to pretend like I'm not saying that because I'm not allowed to, otherwise I get sued. Coming in at last was Ray with 7% of the vote, which I think is unbelievable given that Jamie Foxx won a, Oscar for it. I think that's a really underrated film. Maybe at least people have seen it. I haven't seen mm, it. I haven't seen it. It's really good. See, so anyway, we had a bit of feedback to the answer, which I'm going to run through. Paul from the Countdown Podcast. Countdown Podcast is awesome. They had me on recently. He's running through his top 100 films of all time, and I was there for films 61 to 70. So check that out if you want to hear what my 61st to 70th favorite <laughs> film of all time is. <laughs> Random numbers to pick, but yeah. Paul said, never seen Walk the Line. Need to sort that out, bro. So I might struggle with this ep, which means it's straight out of Compton for me. M from Verbal Diorama, one of our favorite friends, basically said, Walk the Line is great, but Rocket Man should be up there instead of Bohemian Rhapsody. And good old Nick, he commented and said, yes, completely agree. Very true. Rocket Man's really good. I haven't seen Rocket Man. I haven't seen I it. I have actually heard my, it's good, I think. Completely changed my opinion on Elton John as a result of that movie. Holmes movie said, Ray is very underrated. Control is another great and underrated music biopic. That's a good point. Good old Tara Maholic. We love Tara. She picked next week's episode, actually. She picked Roadhouse Ooh. for me, Mucho and Kahu to do next week. Can't wait. So this is too old, but I love this movie back in the day. And she just put a gif of La Bamba. I love La Bamba. Oh. <laughs> Sweet. Back in, the, back in the late 80s. It was yeah. awesome. Renegade said The Dirt. That was another awesome film. What about Motley Crue that's on Netflix? Next up, Unpaid Programming Podcast said, this is the only acceptable answer, and put a gif of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. I, oh, no. What? <laughs> no. Have you not, if, oh, okay, it's a, like a spoof mistake of this movie. It's fucking awesome. Ah. Uh. And yeah, Nick Haskins again said, this is Rocketman Erasure, and I won't stand for it. To which I replied, it's almost like I pick one and leave out one that I know will get this reaction. It's almost like hate fuels me. It's almost like Haskins' hate is the most delicious morsel. <laughs> Poor Nick Haskins. <laughs> Poor Nick Haskins. The cinema guys said anything but Bohemian Rhapsody. Ooh. Correct. Wow. Uh, Fuzzy Dan from Shaken Not Nerd. Shaken Not Nerd is another awesome podcast you guys should be listening to. These guys were on our Point Break episode. Basically put a gif of Connor For Real and said pop star, never <gasps> stop, never stopping. Yes! I changed my yeah. mind. That is my number one answer. 100% yes. I love Andy Samberg. I love that film. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Easily in my film. top 10 comedies from like the last 10 years. Or Can whatever. we do that as a podcast? I already have. Damn we already it. have. Kate Naylor said, I feel like The Dirt on Netflix is underrated and a hidden biogem. Again, the Motley Crue one. Absolutely agree. Contrarian said, voting Bohemian Rhapsody just to get Nikolai's kitchen out of his peaceful zen cooking environment and into the dark side for a moment. <laughs> Titus Bank said, um, hello, and put a gif of Rocketman. Agree. And Daniel B said Rocketman as well. Good answers, guys. Rocketman seems to have... Yeah, popular. Probably should have replaced Ray, given how little votes Ray got, or any or any comments around it, aside from one. But, yeah, anyway, there we well, go. now you know. Anywho, that takes us down to the end. Thank you, Stacey, for coming on and talking about your most watched movie after Wizard of Oz. Yeah. No problem at all. I actually was happy to do it. <laughs> yeah. we, we Listeners, we actually change. played a game with Stacey where I said, me and Liz have decided what movie we're going to do. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Let's just sit down and watch it. And I skipped through the credits and shit and got it all set up. And then when Stacey walked in the room, I was like, this is the movie. I just want to see how long it's going to take you before you guess it. Literally two shots in. She's like, is this Walk the Line? I was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> nice. Stacey remembered something about a movie that she hadn't watched in a while. I'm amazed. Yes. Well, that's and fair. thank you to Liz. Hope you had a good time as well, Liz. Oh, yeah. Look, it wasn't as hideously painful as I expected. <laughs> 
You know, I haven't looked at your face for two hours, but, you know, we did okay. <laughs> but it's been great hanging out with Stacey, as it always is. You must have hated Aww. the day they invented mirrors, Liz. Are you saying that I'm not a beautiful woman? Because I think that's clear that you're wrong. As I mentioned, next week is Roadhouse. This is courtesy of Tara Maholik. Thank you, Tara. We can't wait to do that. That'll be me, Machu and Kahu throwing 20 questions at the 1989. Some would say classic. Stacey would say, what the fuck is this movie you're making me watch? Yes, Tara, I have ended up watching this movie. So You enjoyed it more than you're letting on. You liar. You absolute liar. It was shocking to say the least. That's true. Uh, anyway, if you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Movie Reviews In, or you can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews In 20 Qs, or send us an email at mratqs at gmail.com. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. It truly means the world to us. And uh, thank you again to our patrons as well. I mean, your money keeps the lights going. So, yeah, cheers. Anyway, that's thanks for me. Thanks, guys. See you later. Thank you. All I've heard is that Liz spends her Friday nights playing with three dudes, doing role plays God, with three I guys. wish it was <laughs> what you're insinuating. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>